The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. God's favorite house, praise the Lord. Okay, so we thank God for um, July Thanksgiving service. And um, again, it's July already. It's July already. And we are grateful to God for all that he's doing and all that is yet to do as we enter into the second half fully of, of this year. The presence and the power of God will go before us in the name of Jesus. The presence and the power of God will break in pieces every gate of brass, will cut in sunder every bar of iron. The power and the presence of God will infuse us with his life and his light in the mighty name of Jesus. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. So today, we are in part three of I Love My Church. And in, in part one, we explained why we love our church, why we love God's Prophet. And we listed and enumerated the um, reasons why we love our church. And in part two, we began to look at how to love the church because you could say okay okay how do i love my church i love my church how and we, we we explained that i love my church by connecting with one another by connecting with one another and in part three today we are looking at i love my church by serving one another by serving one another so we love one another when we stand alongside one another and serve and and serve we take a reading from romans chapter 12 from verse 3 romans 12 3 this is amazing the word of god is, is so 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 beautiful it says because of the privilege and the authority god has given me i give each of you this warning don't think you are better than you really are is it it's a big problem i mean in life at work in our relationships that in church people often think they are better than other people people see themselves as superior oh i cannot work with such a person is even though they don't say the person is below my standard you know they say, they say different things that are pious but completely trash all they're saying is me and you know they for the same category <laughs> you know have you, have, you, have, you, have you seen people behave like that with with their noses in the in the air it has nothing to do with god it has nothing to do with christ that is far from the spirit of christ so we see it says don't think you are better be honest in your evaluation of yourselves measure yourselves by the faith god has given you so god there's nothing wrong with evaluating ourselves but we should measure ourselves with the standard god has for us not measuring ourselves with our sisters and our brothers or the world so so we, we see many cases where the church measures itself with the world 
God says, no, measure yourself with what, where God has placed you or where God wants you to be. Verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with the body of Christ. So we are a body. Think about it. Your body has many parts, different parts have many functions. So the fact that the leg, the feet are always on the ground, the hand cannot look down on the feet and say, you're always dirty, you're always, you know, you're not up to my standard, I'm the one that collects the food, I'm the one that makes things happen. No, we are a body. It was a body. We are a body. And just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with the body of Christ. We are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, many times we, we look at Christians and, and they say, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I belong to Jesus. I don't want to. And Jesus is saying to you, you can't belong to me if you don't belong to him. You can't belong to Christ if you don't belong to the body. You can't belong to Christ and claim you belong to Christ while you feel you are superior to his body. You can't. It says purely, clearly. So it is with the body of Christ. We are many parts, one body, and we belong to each other, to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If your gift is teaching, teach well. If your gift is encouraging, encourage well. You know, I mean, some people are coming to mind as yeah, I'm seeing all these different, you know, parts of the body that has been um, listed at here. If you are a teacher, teach well. Okay, if it is given, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. That's what God is saying. Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, by all means, do it gladly. That's what the Word of God says. Do it gladly. So, God is saying that we all have these special functions. And these special functions have put us in a place where we are like, we are like superheroes. Because a superhero, the hand is a superhero to the body. Because the hand is delivering something that the leg cannot deliver. The mouth is a superhero to the body because the mouth is delivering something that the ears cannot deliver. Each of the parts of the body is actually a superhero to the body. So it means that since you are a part of the body, you are a superhero, so to speak. A hero because if you don't function, the body suffers. If you don't function, the body suffers. You have superpowers. And if you're like, okay, Pastor, don't, are we getting spooky here? And do I have superpowers? And all that. 
Yes, you do. And I'll show you. And it's spiritual. It's a spiritual power. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 4. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same spirit is the source of them all. You see? Spiritual gift. Ghosty gift. Gifts that are supernatural. You know? And it's the same spirit that is the source of them all. They are different kinds of service. But we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways. But it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us. Each of us. So each of us has a spiritual gift. How many of us? Each of us. Only the pastors? No, each of us. Only the ministers? No, each of us. Only the workers? No, each of us. Each of us. And that is huge. And why do we have this spiritual gift? Why does God give us the spiritual gift? Now listen, here is it. Here is the purpose. Here is the purpose of your giftedness and the purpose of your existence. So we can help each other. So we can help each other. Any gift and anything you deploy that does not help the other person is not of God. Anything you deploy that is solely about yourself cannot fulfill your destiny. I mean, it's about helping each other. You must connect to that giftedness that puts you in a place where you can help someone else. You have the, you're in a position to do good and you don't. You're not helping. So a spiritual gift is a Holy Spirit empowered ability that is given to serve others. It is spiritual. It is supernatural. It is a superpower given to each of us. And you see, when we look at our lives, Serving is all we are designed for. Serving is all we are designed for. In your relationships, it could be with your, with your spouse, it could be with your siblings, it could be at work. When you put up that nature of a servant, you become irresistible in the sense that every one is designed to serve. If you have a friend and you truly serve, you will discover that you become indispensable. If you are at work and you truly serve, you discover that you are indispensable. How can I be of service? How can I be of service? How can I be of service? Same goes for the marriage. You have to serve one another. So, and of course, by the time you come to church, get to the church, it is the same. By the time you, you look at the destinies that God has for you, it is the same. You can't take the mountains that God has for you. The mountain, remember the several mountains we talked about? The mountain of influence, the, the mountains of influence. You can't take them if you don't serve. What takes you to the top of the mountain of influence is service. Is service. As you take any industry, any of the mountains, as you truly connect and truly serve, you discover that achieving the peak becomes effortless. 
becomes effortless. Or achieving the level God wants you to get to becomes effortless. So God wants you to truly serve. Why we struggle is because we don't truly serve. We don't truly serve. Everybody is looking for what would pay them. Ah, this one will go pay me. Oh, pick a commot, you know, I mean, you understand what I mean? What, what, <laughs> what will pay you if all you are out for is what can I get? I don't care what it is. It could be a friendship. It could be a sibling relationship. It could be a marriage. It could be a church. It could be a nation. If all you are thinking about is what can I get? You will never fulfill your destiny in that regard. Trust me. Trust me. The posture we should take is what can I give? I mean, the popular US president, I mean, you must have heard this quote that says, don't say, what can my nation do to me, do for me? Say, what can I do for my nation? Great nations are built when every participating citizen is saying, what can I do for my nation? What can I do for my country? Great churches are built where everyone says, what can I do for my church? What can I do to take the vision forward? What the devil wants is for you to say, oh, this is not in line. It doesn't make me feel good. So I am not interested in the purpose of Christ. So you may even sound pious, but you are not interested in the corporate good, but personal good. There's only one word for that. And that can only lead to division. God is saying, whatever you are, it could be at work. You may be sitting at, at the desk even right now, you know, and, and you are at work, you are taking that mountain. God is saying the way to ensure that that mountain is taken is through service. And we serve through our spiritual gift. So having superpower is one thing, but it takes helping and solving problems to make you a superhero. Get what I mean? Imagine Spider-Man. Spider-Man that doesn't solve any problems. Imagine how, how, how funny would that be if you have Spider-Man and somebody is shouting help at the, at the um, 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 end of the road and Spider-Man is sitting down eating popcorn eating popcorn and watching a movie and they say help help and they say well this doesn't affect my family you know it's just me and my family you know they will remove that jacket from, <laughs> from the spider-man because the spider-man becomes completely useless if all you want to be doing is doing spider-man in your family in your home you are in your in your bedroom if you are single you're like it's just me and my future spouse i mean you are somersaulting on this on the ceiling just practicing when I get married, I focus on my family. Ah, that is all that's, you know, my super. <laughs> Heaven, we say, um, give me that, uh, that suit. <laughs> Let us give somebody else. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your seat will not be vacant. Another will not take your jacket. In the mighty name of Jesus. They say, Let us give somebody else. You will discover. That it is, the, 
you know, the, the suit is what is what is, every superhero has a suit that a, a suit or a device that that the power is is unleashed through. You know, we can take a lot of analogies from those. A Spider-Man without his suit. Spider-Man will soon discover that he's an ordinary man. <laughs> it is the suit as it were, and the abilities that flows from that disguise that makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. It's like Batman without his attire. The things that robust is our willingness to take up the towel and serve one another. That's what gives us the power to really be anointed. The, you know, folks want to be anointed. People really want to be anointed. So, Pastor, I want to be anointed. Oh, Pastor, I need the anointing. But you see, many people want the anointing for their own personal use. For their own personal use. They want to use God. No, God wants to use you. He is God. He wants to use you. Many times, we sit as mini-gods, demigods, and we want to use God. God is saying to you, if you have no help to the community, if you have no help to your nation, if you have no help to your industry, if you have no help to the kingdom, you see, whether it's nation, industry, mountain, family, friends, siblings, kingdom, if you have no help to the kingdom that flows, obviously, but through the church, you are of no help, of no use to heaven. So God is saying, all of us have these gifts and we have to use them. For some is exhortation. For some is giving. For some is leadership. For some is mercy. For some is service. For some is teaching. For some is administration. For some is discernment. For some is faith. Yet for some is helps. For some is knowledge. For some is wisdom. And to take these mountains, you must deploy these giftings. And that is what God requires of us. I really like to go down to the basics, you know, and I like to engage the fundamentals, things that everybody can relate to. So if you are here and you may be new to church or, and all that, or you're new to, the, to all these concepts, and like pastor, or even if you, you are a pro, as it were, in these concepts, it's good to have and go back to the fundamentals, if you will. And you're like pastor. How can I engage and fully understand spiritual gifts? So I'll give you two things you need to understand. And maybe one or two things that can help you engage to see. The first to understand is that it is God-selected. Spiritual gifts are God-selected. You can position yourself based on the willingness to serve. But in the final analysis, it is God that determines who gets what. And everybody gets something. <laughs> yeah, in case you are saying God didn't give me anything. Everybody gets something. Okay, Romans 12, 6 says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. He, God, has given us. We didn't apply for it. We didn't request for it. 
We didn't campaign for it. We didn't petition for it. We didn't scheme for it. So don't waste your time being jealous of somebody else, else's gift. No, there's no need. They didn't deserve it. Neither will you deserve the ones you get. You see, we sit down sometimes and we look at people. We look at a, a fellow Christian, a, a brother, a sister. And like, she doesn't deserve that gift. He doesn't deserve that gift. And God says, I know, by your own standard, he doesn't deserve it. But I have given him. That is why it is called a gift. Face front. <laughs> you know, face front. Mind your own business. Engage your own giftings. There's no need being jealous of anybody. No, 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 no. God blessed you and entrusted you with specific ability to make a difference. So the first thing is, it is God selected. The second thing we see is that it is spirit empowered. It is spirit empowered. You have been given this ability to be used by God. It is incredibly exciting. It is spirit empowered. So these gifts are filled with supernatural abilities. Supernatural. So if you want to get to those are the two main things to understand it and if you want to get deeper into it, I will encourage you to do the journey. Third trip of the journey. The third trip of the journey really takes you into depths of this. In fact, there's a there's a shape. Um, interview you should have and there are things that will allow you identify and go through and pinpoint your gift so that you can be of value to the body of Christ so so how do I begin to engage how do I discover how do I how do I you know discover my gift again I like to go to the very basics how do I discover my gift the first thing is experimenting serving just serve, experiment by serving. Pastor, are you trying to say I can take any department at random? Exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, but what if I cast on my gifts? Don't worry about that. You will find out if it's not. Just start something. Start something. And with, as you engage and experiment, God will guide you. Not many of us. I would say 99% of us, God did not tell us this is what you are going to become. God wants you to be engaged in the community. And through engagement, you discover who you are. In fact, the way we find out who we are is by finding out whose we are and to whom we belong. That's how we find out who we are. So you find out who we are by finding, I say it again, whose we are and to whom we belong. We belong one to another and he owns us. That's when you begin to discover who you really are. That's how we, that's the mirror of life. That's the mirror of life. So God wants you. Just experiment. Experiment. Church can be a place to experiment. Yes. You know, in fact, people that have gone out to take the mountains that we know of today that are huge, huge, we call them celebrities sometimes, you know, they all started from the church. I can begin to list the pre presidents of the United States of America that started by teaching Sunday school in church. That's how they discovered their gifts of public speaking and leadership, by teaching Sunday school in church. In fact, one of our pastors was telling us of one of the presidents that 
when he feels president of the United States, past president, when he feels a lot of pressure at work, he disguises himself, go to a random church and teach Sunday school. Can you imagine that? The president of a nation. You know, because that is the source, that is where he started from. There are people that are leading industries today. They discovered their leadership gift because they decided to take a prayer meeting. There are some that they are leaders of hospitality today. How did they discover their gift? They opened up their house for house fellowship. Then the man began to open hotels and hotels and hotels. And each hotel, he has a room for ministers of the gospel. Why? Because it, 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 it started from the church. Church is a place where you can actually, should we begin to now talk about the arts? How many of the award-winning, Grammy award-winning singers that we know today started from the church choirs? To start from the church choirs, Tina Turner, Whitney Houston, Justin Timberlake, Brandy, Usher, Britney Spears, on and on and on and on. They started from the church choir. I mean, again, the disconnect in many cases is the, 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 the church doesn't teach the mountains. And there's the disconnect in the discipleship of the church. You know, we said we are going to rewrite our own new creation reality to, to integrate the influence of these seven mountains. And people can make a connect. That's why somebody can go from the choir, hit Hollywood, begin become a famous actor or actress, and think they need to disconnect from the church because the church is not speaking their language anymore. What if the church prepares them for Hollywood? What if the church actually, as they are serving in church, the church actually prepares them for, for the Grammy Awards? What if we prepare the people in our teen church to win reality shows? What if we prepare them to take those mountains? What if we are deliberate about it? What if, you know, what if, what if one, a young lady, she was a teenager, you know, came to the office and she was telling me about who are we talking about? But somehow we, we got to go, what are you doing? And she, she was telling me how she makes lip balms. This girl cannot be more than 14, maybe 15, I don't know. So I said, tell me your story. How did you begin to make lip balms? She said, she, oh, she had cracked lips and, you know, she has tried different lip balms, you know, some work, some work well, some didn't work well. So she decided to make her own <laughs> amazing stuff. Right? Yeah, it goes over the house. So I said, I said, okay, how many do you have left? She said, two. I said, okay, I will buy the two from you. Or <laughs> something like that. I think was it two that I bought? I, I don't remember. But I bought it off her. So I said, how did you get your um your recipe? She says that she studied all the good ones because she was the one using it. And she took all the active ingredients, the, the recipes, and made our own to combine everything. So our own lip balm has everything that is good from every other lip balm, and she uses our own lip balm. Now, if that girl becomes the next business tycoon tomorrow, she should stay connected to the church. Not that if she will become an amazing 
business person. She should remain connected to the church to buy a lip balm. She, the church to support a lip balm. The church to develop a person. So what I'm saying is, you have to get going. You have to get going. Do something. I can tell you my story. I served in different departments in church. I've served in most all the departments. I've been in, in ushering. I'll tell you departments I did like. If I if I if if I if I list the department and I'll give you a sign, you know I didn't like the department. In ushering, in choir, in children's church, I've served in uh, prayer. I love prayer. I served in I've packed cars before, I love that too. I've I mean done all sorts of things. But I'm a pastor today. Or well, I'm pastor, in fact, I've I I, maybe I could say that I used to pastor, you know, you know, I'm, I, I still pastor different capacities, but I'm leading today spiritually in different ways that God has for me. So you need to experiment. So the second thing, second way to discover is you need to ask others. Yes. You see, I told you I'm going to make it real simple for you. Ask others, ask others, ask specific people. Ask people you spend time with in church. Ask people that have watched you. Ask them specific questions. Now, I'm going to give you some questions you could ask them. Ask them this. Because some of us say, ask people you don't know what to ask. Okay, don't worry. I'll make it real simple. I'll tell you what to ask. You could ask something like this. When you hear the different spiritual gifts, which one comes to mind when you think of me? Ask them that. When you hear this different spiritual gifts, which one comes to mind when you think of me? Okay, um, Femi can... You know, I think Femi, or I think um, um, Juliet, or I think, oh, this, or I think this person, I think that person. That's a good way to engage people. Or you could also ask, what am I doing when you see Jesus in me? There are times when you see Jesus in me, when like, oh, this is, this is Christ-like. What are those things that I'm doing when you see Jesus in me? That's the question you could ask. Another question you could ask is, how do I make this community better? You know, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Ask someone in church, how do I make God's favorite house better? Hmm. Ask someone to tell you how you make God's favorite house better. You'll be shocked <laughs> at what you hear. But you see, that is many times the beginning of you beginning to see how you are gifted. Now, note, this is not to make your head swell. This is not a head swelling campaign. Neither is it a, um, um, a, a, a um, an emotional crushing campaign. No. So you, you're going to ask someone you trust. Someone if he tells you something you believe, or you know, if she tells you you believe it, you don't you don't second guess it. You know they mean well. You know and all that. And this will help you discover God's gift in your life. And these gifts are spiritual. So your gifts was not given to you for you. Your superpower is to serve others and to take your mountain. Your gift was not given to you for you. And this is huge. It's a big lesson in, in humility and responsibility for us. God does his supernatural work by bringing us together, by mobilizing us together, by teaming us up together and using us together for the glory 
of his name and it is so big it's so big so this church needs you god's favorite house needs you guess what the world needs us the world needs us god has put god's favorite house in the world because the world needs us the world needs us now the the the, the neighborhood needs us it's the city lekki needs us lagos needs us nigeria needs us africa needs us the nations of the world need us not because they need you or, or me but because they need god and that, that is big it's not because we are special to god and because of god we are but beyond that it's because they need god and we are carrying god it has pleased god and this is very spiritual very very spiritual in a tribe we looked at Ephesians 3:10 it says god's purpose in all this god's purpose in all this ah was to use the church this is huge to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places the NIV says God's intention, God's intent was that now, not in the future, not at a future date, not when Jesus comes. Now, it was a now, that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities of heavenly realms. So God is saying he wants to display his wisdom through the church, through you and I, as we serve, as we engage. The TPT puts it this way. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realms, God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. So we see that God wants to teach to instruct principalities and powers through you and I, through the church. No wonder it says out of the mouth of sucklings and babes have you ordained strength. God, who are we? These are spirits that have been existing for thousands, if not millions of years. Only God knows. They own and they control territories. And God is saying, through us, I will show them something, you know, <laughs> through the church. I will show them wisdom through the church. It's just like those days when you, we, somebody um, challenges your, your big brother, you know, and your big brother, maybe you are the last born, says that I won't waste my time fighting you. And now calls you, last born, you come. And you deal with the person, you beat up the person. That is exactly what God is doing. So the church enters a territory. We take the territory, we displace the principalities and powers. They can't stop us because we are unstoppable. We have the power of the creator of the heavens and the earth. They shift. Now these authorities, these are thrones, these are dominions. They shift. That's 
How? Why? How is God's favorite house advancing? It's simple. We enter a country. We push back the authorities spiritually. We displace to the extent to which they are displaced. To that extent, the church advances. That's why it says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So every force that tries to stop the church will fail completely. Why? Because of the power and the wisdom of Christ. Of Christ. So God is saying that when the church does what it's supposed to do, there are angelic engagement that happens. Daniel was praying. The prince of Pasha in charge, the principality in charge of Pasha resisted for 21 days, for 21 days. But he had to stay there. But guess what? God is saying, we, when we move, those angels move. Ah, when we take the territory, and it also in our engagement, I have a lot of stories to tell, you know, because as uh, by God's grace, as an apostle, and you know, we have churches in different countries, I mean, engaging and spiritual forces you know as we start those churches you know maybe someday i'll I'll share some of those stories you know it, it is so real it is so real but the beauty about it the beautiful thing about it is this at the name of jesus every knee bows ah so refreshing so god is saying for us and to us rather we have a children's ministry that needs people to model Jesus. Will you, will you volunteer? Will you volunteer to serve in our children's church? When you do that, you know what you are, you are doing? You are modeling Christ. You are empowering the next generation that we stand for God. Do you know what that means? You are expanding the kingdom of God. That by necessity releases angels to work on your behalf for the purposes of God. Ah, it's big. So that is totally awesome. So I want to ask you this question. I love my church. We've been called to serve. I want to ask you this question. And the question is this. Why did God give you to us? Why did God give you to God's favorite house? Why did God give you to our church? I want you to think about it. Why? There, there is a reason. Some of you have been here for six months. There's a reason. Some of you have been here for six weeks. There's a reason. Some of you have been here for six years. There's a reason. Some of you have been here for 10 years plus. There is a reason. God has a plan. There's a reason. Why did God give you to GFE? Why did God give you to our church?